We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast thursday september 2nd 2021 welcome everybody to the pack a day podcast and the green bay packers are now 10 days away from their season opener football is seven days away Dallas Cowboys will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first regular season game of the season. Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians does not lack for intrigue and entertainment. And we will talk about that next week. I am your host tonight. I'm Jacob Westendorf and I have the full crew back with me after we ditched Maggie last week. So Maggie, thank you for holding down the fort. Special shout out to Sanjay Murthy for helping us out. He of the freezer podcast, and you can follow them on Twitter at podcast freezer. As I mentioned, she needs no introduction. Maggie Loney dropping dimes and suck it signs is her t-shirt of choice tonight, which is always fun and funny. Maggie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks. I was really confused because we've all been on different schedules. So I was like, what did I miss for last week? And then I realized I wasn't the one that missed. So (laughs) it's late. (laughs) Yeah. Thankfully with football season coming, we'll have some sort of normalcy, I think kind of approaching as everything gets going. I don't know if you guys are the same way I am. But when the football calendar starts, everything kind of just normalizes for me because then I know yep. Sunday's the game, Wednesday's the first practice, Friday's the injury report designations, all that good stuff. And my week is based that way. Speaking of people who I base my week around, Jimmy Christensen of Lombardi's Bar on Wednesday nights. And of course, the Packaday podcast here on Thursday mornings is joining us tonight. Little Jimmy James, how are you and how yeah. is Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh is great. He's chilling right now. Thankfully, we can put him down. When we had Hadley, she could only sleep in our arms. Winston is a little trooper, and he will sleep without us holding him. So we are enjoying a not-held baby nap right now. But while you're listening Mm -hmm. to this, send me some good thoughts, because tomorrow, while you guys are enjoying Packer News, I am dealing with 28 fourth graders for the first time in 16 months. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not looking forward to that t's and p's man that's rough uh and it's worse for the honestly it's worse for the students because you are their teachers so for real and our classroom is hot right now i'm on the second floor of an old building with no ac no last AC. week it got up to like 90 degrees for the whole week and i was like i am sweating my butt off right now 
they actually canceled school here in Rockford for that. Some schools said we don't have AC and we're not going to put them through that kind of thing. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that being a problem when I was in school, but I don't know. When I was in school, there was a lot of things that were different. That was a really long time ago at this point, as we learned today through a Twitter thread, thank you, uh, Matub and Maggie and Perry Goldstein uh, pointing out I'm old is what I've gathered. That literally also had nothing to do with the thread. No, no, it didn't. But I'm blaming you for it anyways, because I brought it into the thing, but they were asking, uh, where were you when Aaron Rodgers?" was making his first roster because now it's the 17th season. He's the first Packer to be um, on the roster for 17 consecutive seasons, which is wild that it's been that long. I still remember when he was drafted. I remember that I liked the pick as the 14 year old version of myself, which, you know, whatever, like what, (laughs) what, what do I know at that point? I just knew that like, Hey, you're kind of set at quarterback for a while and he'll play after Favre is done and all that good stuff. Little did I know he was actually going to be better than Brett Favre turned out to be for the Packers with all apologies to every Packers fan born in the 1970s, as I say that, but it's true. Mm. That is the case. Um, but that's not why we're here tonight. We're here. We're going to talk about the Packers have cut down their roster to 53 and they have a very nice 69 players on their roster right now with their 16 practice squad members. Maggie, don't shake your head at me. And <laughs> it's, it's late as we record this guys. I'm a Wow, Jimmy's having a rough night too. If you didn't get that right away, <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't get it, and then all of a sudden I saw Maggie shake her head. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Jake was a child. I get it. Jimmy Yvonne Brand off topic didn't catch a nice joke, but very good. Okay, <laughs> Yo, my brain's uh, fried, so that's man. where we're at. They have 16 guys on their practice squad uh, to bring their total, as I mentioned, to those 53 players and 16. You can do the math on that. What I want to start with, guys, is was there anybody who did make the practice squad that you were just kind of fist pump hell yeah happy he's back kind of thing uh or maybe you approach the practice squad like some people do and are just like that's cool that they're on the squad i just kind of hope they never have to play kind of thing but that's just not the nature of the business that the nfl is so i'm going to tell you why this is important but i'm going to start maggie who did green bay bring back that you were excited to see come back well i kind of thought that it would be between Ennis Gaines and christian upoff for like a fifth safety spot so i was surprised um, that they only went with four safeties on the 53. Um, so seeing Gaines come back on the practice squad, I liked. Um, I kind of surprised Christian Uphoff wasn't one of the names to come back at safety. And of course, KB Nento getting another year, I liked. But I think to me, the person I was most excited to see back uh, was Patrick Taylor, because I know that he has had an up- uphill climb kind of getting into the NFL And then Kylan Hill was drafted in the seventh round. Looks really, really good. I know Packers fans are excited about him, as they should be. Um, So just, you know, we've seen injuries crop up for the Packers before, but I think he's worked really hard to kind of earn a spot, and he'll be able to keep getting better and developing on the practice squad. So I was happy to see the Packers not give up on him yet. And it shows, I was like, back to Patrick Taylor, it shows a lot of confidence in him to not have Dexter Williams on that practice squad because – that's someone that if there is an injury, knock on wood, uh, you have someone who has been in the system with the Packers for a while. So for them to keep Patrick Taylor, who hasn't been healthy until this training camp, um, they must really like what they see to be able to kind of, I don't want to say roll the dice, but it is a less experienced person in the system. So they must like what they see. Yeah. And that's somebody who, you know, like you mentioned, we all look forward to that third running back competition between Hill and Taylor. 
I speak for myself when I say I thought Dexter Williams would have had to run for a thousand yards in the preseason to get a chance yeah. to make that roster. I think he was that goose was cooked, so to speak, before that. To see him not return to the team wasn't that surprising to me. But Patrick Taylor, he is one Aaron Jones hamstring injury away. Knock on wood, of course. I'm not wishing injury on Aaron Jones, but a hamstring injury to one of these running backs away to being a call up and, and potentially yeah. having to carry the ball. We saw not that long ago, Aaron Jones was splitting carries with Trey Carson, a practice squad. That was two years ago, Matt LaFleur's first season. Uh, they were splitting some touches in Dallas when the Packers were playing down there. Cause Jamal Williams had uh, the concussion at the time. Um, so that was my thought on that. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown. That was somebody that I was happy to see brought back to the practice squad. He's somebody that I think if you give him a, some, just some time to get healthy, I don't know if he'll ever be a contributor, but I think of the receivers that they had in camp, he was the most talented one. He's still young. Uh, that's why I think they, they kind of used age as a tiebreaker for EQ and Reggie Begleton. Uh, the same goes for Juwan Winfrey and Chris Blair, obviously. Uh, Begleton's 28 years old. I didn't realize he was – I knew he was an older player because he had played in the CFL, but I did not realize he was as old as 28 at this point, which not old as somebody who's – in their last day of their 20s, 28 <laughs> is definitely not old. So just throwing that out there for everybody. But um, I think that getting EQ back is going to be one. Something that was intriguing to me, Jimmy, and something I want to get your opinion on as the connoisseur of kickers is they kept J.J. Molson. And I'm a little intrigued by that. I kind of like the idea of having someone in your – with the expanded practice squads, normally I would say forget it. Why, why even worry about the kickers? But uh, with the expanded practice squad – if Mason Crosby, again, you're just one swab of the nose away from not having your kicker available. I think having somebody like that available to you, and he kicked the ball well in camp this year. Yeah, and like you said, you, you're one injury away from having – and it's not like he's a, a spring chicken, as the old folks say. Like, Mason Crosby is up there in age. So it's – it's he's like one, Jacob's age. Yeah, like 48. Unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> He's one uh, punter pitch to just getting hurt again. That was J.K. Scott to him last. At least he's not on the team to do that to him this time. Um, but maybe who I forgot who put it on Twitter today, but the whole last dancing being thrown around this season with Rodgers and Devontae putting that on their Twitter or Instagram. Um, this really could be the last the last season of Crosby. So maybe they're just holding on to him too because they like what he did in training camp. He did well. So he's kind of insurance policy this year and then maybe – kind of rolls in next year and takes the spot of Mason Crosby if he decides to hang up the cleats after a 95-year career. That would have been Andrew Eugene Herman, the pod father, who brought oh, was that the him? last dance possible. Yes, it was for uh, Mason Crosby potentially on his last leg here in Green Bay, pun intended, fully there. Thank you guys for <laughs> indulging me on that one. Um, as far as the rest of the guys, Jimmy, was there anybody else on that squad that was brought back that you were happy to see uh, re-signed to the practice squad? Yeah, it was cool to see Ben Braden uh, getting onto the practice practice squad. I thought he was someone who could potentially make the 53-man roster. I thought um, we saw him do some good stuff in camp. Uh, I know Maggie's a big fan of him wearing number 64. Um, so it's nice to see him there. He is someone that they do call up. He is serviceable. Uh, it's cool to see the Green Bay native uh, Cole Van Lanen um, making up to the practice squad as well. I know Rob Demosky just reshared his his story, which was a good one about uh, kind of the, the native being able to stay with the team. So 
Uh, those are two players yeah, that kind of stood out to me. One for playing purposes and one just because it's a cool story. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And then the entire practice squad, for those of you that are interested in such a thing, uh, Kurt Bankert made the practice squad. I know that was uh, a really big deal to some of you. So congratulations for those that were hoping for that. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Kurt. Obviously, he's made a big deal here. But Abdullah Anderson, the defensive lineman, Chris Blair, the wide receiver, Ben Braden, as you just mentioned, Jacob Capra, Kebion Ento, Innis Gaines, Tipa Nalie, Nalei? I'm trying to struggle with this uh, pronunciation guide here because I said yesterday I couldn't do it. But Bronson Kutfusi, J.J. Molson, Willington Prevellian, Equinemius St. Brown, Patrick Taylor, Cole Van Landen, Ray Wilborn, and Juwan Winfrey were signed to the practice squad. So there's your 16-man practice squad. Remains to be seen as Mike McCarthy used to always say, roster construction is a fluid situation. The Packers are going to rotate guys in and out. So this is not the final 53, but rather the first 53 that we have on the roster here for the Packers. And real quick, before we transition to anything, what was your guys' biggest surprise? I know it's, you know, we've got a full day to kind of let that breathe now, but Maggie, what was your biggest surprise for the Packers on their initial 53? Yeah. So mine wasn't necessarily like a surprise release, although I do agree with Jimmy. I thought like Ben Braden, um, I had Colvin Lannon making my 53 just because I wasn't sure. I thought maybe Dennis Kelly would be like an immediately to IR situation. Then they'd elevate somebody from the practice squad, but I was 
I like jaw dropped, kind of confused, shocked when Jake Hansen made that initial 52. And, you know, I not to discredit him, I didn't see the offensive line practice when I was at camp. I was always on the safety and the corner side of things. But yeah, I just, I mean, I thought in the preseason when he was playing, didn't look that great at center. You know, I was a little concerned with some of those snaps. So, you know, they, they made it sound like that he was getting looks at guard and center throughout camp. So maybe there was a lot they liked that we didn't see, but I was just kind of curious, like, I guess, long-term thinking about the roster, like you wonder how those decisions are made. Like, were they that concerned with John Runyon Jr. as a potential backup center that they kept Lucas Patrick and Jake Hansen? Yeah, that's, that was the big shock to me. Nothing else really surprised me. Yeah, Hansen was definitely one. I was a little surprised they only went with four at safety. I thought yeah. Gaines or Uphoff would make the roster. They were able to get Gaines back on the practice squad. I think it was pretty clear that the Packers, you know, a lot of people were saying, why, where is Christian Uphoff? Why did he not make the practice squad? So I started to look into it a little bit, and Gaines outsnapped Uphoff on both defense and special teams by a pretty significant amount throughout camp and the preseason. So it seemed like the Packers did like him more than Uphoff, whether they're proven right on that or not remains to be seen. I have not seen as of yet if Uphoff has signed to another team's practice squad at this point. I didn't see anything throughout the course of the day. But otherwise, I was, I mean, I feel bad saying this because he's such a cool guy and it sounds like I'm crapping on him all the time. But I was happy to see they only kept two quarterbacks. I've, I've made a pretty clear thought that I think that third quarterback is a waste of a roster spot. Uh, otherwise, you know, some of those battles throughout training camp when we started, they just, kind of made themselves pretty clear. You know, we talked so much about what if they keep six wide receivers? What if they keep seven? And then it was like, okay, the six guys they kept, it was obvious. And if the, if they had kept six, if they would have cut Malik Taylor, it would have been a minor surprise, but there wasn't anybody I think that made a case for an obvious seventh receiver. And the Packers clearly agreed. I know some people were making a case maybe for Reggie Begleton to make it onto the 53 man roster. Not only did he not make the 53, but he is now not with the team anymore. He's going to sign with a different team. The Packers did not bring him back to the practice squad going with, like I mentioned before, the youth. Uh, the other thing, and I'm going to let Jimmy talk about this more than anything, but the putter. And I, <laughs> I hate talking about kickers. I hate talking about punters. But I was something that is strange, that was strange to me over the last two years is Brian Gutekunst has always been very good about admitting if he made a mistake and moving on and uh, just kind of cutting bait and moving forward. And he's shown, and still even to some degree with this, a uncommon patience with J.K. Scott last year and Hunter Bradley. And Hunter Bradley, yeah. the long snapper, they said he's going to remain there. They said he's only had a handful of bad snaps. I Per practice? Okay. Or? <laughs> I, well, he said in his years in Green Bay, but I mean – yeah, like I said, when it was, when I was at camp, I was at two practices this year. He had one in each of those practices, and I was not at all of them. So I was only at two. That's that's not good if I can catch some of your – maybe I caught all of his bad snaps. I don't know. But I, I don't understand. I was happy to see they were willing to move on from a draft pick that, frankly, they never should have made. So here's my public service, service announcement. Do not draft punters. Do not draft long snappers. Figure out a different way. Uh, Jimmy, yeah. In honor of your your man Todd Varney, yeah. I gotta have your opinion on the J.K. Scott situation. 
Uh, to be respectful to someone losing their job, I am not upset that this J.K. Scott era is over. Uh, he was someone that, like, he would bomb a kick and then the next punt shank it out of bounds. It was just, it was not consistent enough. Uh, we saw twice last year, also cannot tackle to save his life. Uh, Mr. Boho Blast is able to tackle. And he, granted, was in the altitude, but he he killed that ball uh, against Denver. So he is also someone that has shown to be a little inconsistent. He also has a 12-yard punt in his name. Um, but I don't know. I think, and I credit to Tom Grassi for that one. I saw he tweeted that out. But I don't know. I, I'm happy. I, we're ex- I'm excited that we moved on punters. And now it just needs to actually produce something. Because our special teams unit is one that is so nerve-wracking just – not knowing when, like I, le- I legit get nervous whenever I see our punt team go on the field because it's a complete momentum changer. We could punt it like every punt. I feel I can go back to the house, which I feel should not be a thing. Um, so hopefully that can change. One thing that I think is going to help with that. And we were kind of talking about surprises for the roster and things. One, they kept five inside linebackers, the one specifically for special teams with Oren Burks and Ty Summers. Two people have been kind of been staples for it. Uh, the coordinators have mentioned them being leaders in that special team unit. So hopefully they they kept them for a reason. They're showing that they're able to do produce in the special teams unit, but that has to uh that has to improve and hopefully the the punting kind of spearheads that movement. Yeah, with a special shout-out here to Jason Perrone, as he would say, special teams have to be better because this is something that can bite you in a big game. And the Packers last year, their special teams didn't bite them, but it could have. Their special teams unit was atrocious last year. It's got to be better this year. And that's not just kickers and punters and return games. You know, It seems like they didn't go a preseason game this year. There were three preseason games. They had a special teams gaffe in every single one of them. So that's not something to be that's lost on me. Uh, Last year, the New Orleans Saints had a very good special teams unit. They bring back a lot of those guys, and that's something the Packers are going to face week one. So we'll be able to see if Green Bay – they've got a good test right there week one. Matt LaFleur has said that he doesn't feel like that's a fair assessment of their special teams unit because of the amount of guys that they've been resting for the preseason games. We're going to find out here pretty quickly. But the punter had to go, and the long snapper, I think, shouldn't be too far behind him, but it sounds like he's going to be around for a little while. Speaking of things that are going to be around and the New Orleans Saints, as I just previously mentioned, we have a location change for the Packers' first game of the season. They will be playing in Jacksonville against the New Orleans Saints. The Superdome is not going to be able to be used for the first month of the season, and all of our thoughts and prayers, of course, are with the people in New Orleans going through that. Uh, The Saints are going to be practicing in Texas and then kind of playing sporadically all over the all over the country until they can figure out what's going on as far as their home stadium goes. But they will play their first game in Jacksonville as of today, right now, and weather forecast can change. It is scheduled to be 98 degrees for a high when the Packers go to Jacksonville. The last time they opened in Jacksonville was in 2017. The Packers took on the Jaguars that day. That is the don't tug on Superman's cape game, as I have dubbed it. I don't think anybody else has called it that. But Jalen Ramsey has a hold of Aaron Rodgers' shoulder pad. Throws a touchdown pass to Devontae Adams with Devon House hanging on him and Jalen Ramsey hanging on Aaron Rodgers. 
it was a Packers win, which is the most important part. But Jimmy, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on the league moving the game? And do you have any concern or are you just a little more excited about it being in Jacksonville? What's your reasoning behind either one of those feelings? Uh, I, I am bummed that it's not in New Orleans. Like last year when we were down there, there wasn't the atmosphere that there is in that stadium. Those fans are some of the best in the NFL. It gets loud. It gets rowdy in there. So it'd be nice to see this team go into that element this year and be able to get a W with, with the fans. Uh, One thing with Jacksonville too, the conditions now are completely different. It is so hot down there. Uh, My sister was actually at that 2017 game. And I remember her telling me like they ran out of water in the concessions because it was so hot. People were buying cups of ice and she said they, she, she literally bought a bottle of Gatorade and ended up like pouring it on herself because it was the only thing that she could buy to cool herself down. Uh, so it is, it complete it, it does change it a little bit. Like going into, you said what, it's going to be 98. It's projected to be 98 degrees down there. Shout out Nick. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. That makes me a little bit worried. You never know how people are going to react in that situation, but I don't know. I'm, I'm bummed it's not in New Orleans, obviously, for the situation. You hope everyone's OK. Uh, and we can't have it's just fun, like two great fan bases coming together in the in an iconic stadium to or iconic environment to battle it out like it would have been fun. It would have been uh, my concern. You mentioned the heat, obviously. It's just about the big guys. You know, the Packers went a little heavier in their front seven with six defensive linemen and five outside linebackers. I'll be curious to see how they use their their front seven and their game day scratches on that day, just because of the heat and the humidity that takes place in those games. Um, it's going to be an interesting, interesting dynamic that way. Otherwise, I think it's a positive for the Packers just because they are starting most likely two rookies on their offensive line with Josh Myers at center and then big dirt Royce Newman at right guard. Those guys not having to get their first bit of NFL experience in the Superdome with those screaming, crazy, rowdy fans, I think it's something that can allow them to a little more easily now get their feet wet and get them a little more experience before having to play. Their first big road game now is going to be in San Francisco, which can get a little rowdy there, but they'll have a game under their belt now, two games under their belt by the time they play there. Instead of having to face this pass rush, no David Bakhtiari, and having to play with those fans in the Superdome, I think you had a potential for quite a few uh, mental errors, pre-snap penalties, stuff like that. Now I think the advantage shifts to the Packers because it's going to be a de facto home game. You know, the Packers from a schedule standpoint now, instead of having to play nine road games, they have eight home games, eight road games in one game now on a neutral site, which I think, like I mentioned, is going to play more towards a Packers home game because I think there's just going to be more Packer fans making that, that trip to, to Jacksonville for that game. And now you have the report coming out that the saints had, you know, the, they looked up like trips and stuff on Expedia to figure out what was the longest trip for Packer fans to make. I feel like there are some that are going to use that as a challenge and get down to Green Bay to just sit through that heat. I will not be one of them. Uh, I enjoy air conditioning, and I will I will sit and watch that game from the comfort of my couch on that given day. Maggie, what are your thoughts on moving out of New Orleans and into Jacksonville for opening week? I mean, as somebody who's literally forking over thousands of dollars for a new air conditioner, I <laughs> think that this is absolutely the, 
brutal for the Packers. I mean, I was at the Bengals game a couple of years ago in Green Bay, which was like the hottest game on record at Lambeau. And I had the worst headache driving home from the heat. And that was like 91 degrees and, you know, Green Bay humidity. So Jacksonville, obviously much worse. I'm sure the Saints will, you know, be in their lights, push, push the Packers into their darks per usual when they're down there. But yeah, I mean, I think the neutral site thing definitely plays into that. I do think Packers fans travel really well. So I think it does become not a home game, but it does feel like there's an advantage there. But I'm with you that I think, you know, for some of these young guys, it is a significantly easier challenge to not have to play against, you know, Cam Jordan and some of these guys in the Superdome, because like Jimmy said, they are some of the best fans. And I think that's what I was the most excited about is New Orleans, like week one, really good environment for both fans, really good fan bases. And just like, that was one of my favorite games last season. And that was a basically empty stadium just because, you know, it was two really good teams. I think, you know, the Saints are different this year. Obviously they're lacking their hall of fame quarterback. Um, but yeah, I, it sucks. <laughs> Jacksonville is like, I can't think of Jacksonville without thinking of um, Bortles and the good place. <laughs> but so I guess I'll just be thinking about that a lot when they're there week one. <laughs> Anytime you can get a Blake Bortles reference, that's going to be a good thing. So thankful for that. That was kind of a weird game too. I remember it was like right after they cut Josh Sitton. And then I remembered Lane Taylor made his first start. Uh, the game ended. I remember Ha Clinton Dix made a made a big play on on the outside. It was a receiver screen they ran on a fourth down to to get the Packers to win that game. Mercedes Lewis was at that game, uh, playing in Jacksonville colors. So uh, he'll be on Green Bay side this time around. Uh, as the Packers will take on the Saints again ten days from today. The Week One opener is one week from today. The Packers and the Bucks guys, we've made it. This is the last show we will do with the off season. The regular season starts next week. Congratulations to everyone. You've made it through. And I feel like if there's any sort of good karma, it's got to be headed towards the Packers and their fan base because of all the crap we had to deal with this off season. I feel like there's got to be some, something good coming out of that, or at least I would like to think so. Maybe I'm just foolishly hoping. I don't know, but that is going to do it for this edition of the pack a day podcast. Follow the show, like subscribe, rate all that good stuff, wherever you find podcasts at pack a day podcast. You can follow me personally. I am at Jacob Westendorf and you can follow uh, my work at Packer report and game on Wisconsin where Jimmy Christensen, we've got a new little project we have, don't we? Yes, sir. Uh, every Tuesday at game on Wisconsin at seven o'clock, we have MVS joining Jacob, myself and Todd for some reason um, to talk football, a little bit of life, talk about his dogs. Most importantly, we all want to see Ace and Spade. So Go over to Game on Wisconsin, 7 o'clock, hear from MBS himself for the entire season. Mostly Ace and Spade. Maggie, where can we find you and Bojack, speaking of dogs? It's Bojack's birthday. So happy, happy birthday, birthday Bojack. to Bojack. Happy yes. birthday, Bojack. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for She Said TV. You can also find me with Perry Goldstein um, for the Packs with She Said podcast. And please make sure that you ask MBS if you will be getting two more dogs named um, Diamond and Heart Hearts, I don't know if you you know put that in plurals, but I I do think that he should know that a topic of conversation was whether or not he will have a sled dog team, um, and if he will take oh. the sled dogs to Lambo when it is 
the frozen tundra in the winter. That's just something I talked about with people in Green Bay. So that's how he's going to come out of the tunnel. Just him <laughs> being pulled out by dogs. Love it. Oh. Absolutely love it. <laughs> For the NFC Championship game this year, that's how he comes out of the tunnel. And just so everybody knows, if Marquez Valdez Scantling has a 1,000 yard season, Jimmy has told MBS that he will tattoo yeah. a thousand across his chest. Yes. to commemorate his 1,000-yard season. And I heard him say that on a call yeah. with Quez and his agent. So Nothing but sure professionalism a, for me. That's a legally binding <laughs> agreement. So if you want to catch that, catch everything else tomorrow. You'll catch the usual Friday crew. Listen in as those guys break everything down for you. We are out until next Thursday. Next week we'll be talking Packers and Saints, a little Cowboys and Bucks, some actual football. Happy to do that. Thank you guys for listening all off season long. We look forward to talking to you next week. And go Pack Go. Thank you.